How can leaders mitigate the debt servicing burden to preserve economic stability and return to growth? From over 1,300 cities and 130 countries, we bring you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial News, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. In 2023, global debt to GDP ratios reached record levels, peaking at over 300%. As interest rates remain high, how can leaders mitigate the debt servicing burden for households, businesses and nations to preserve economic stability and a return to growth? Vera Songwe, chair of the Liquidity and Sustainability Facility, on this episode talks about the importance of repo and swap markets for emerging economies that have debt payments due this year. If you have the right kind of infrastructure, around debt uh, issuances, and then you can actually maybe manage some of the pressures. One of the things that is happening right now is that we, the global economy is being hit by exogenous shocks and just continuously buffeted. We don't have you know, the kinds of instruments. We have an instrument to manage an Argentina and, and a Sri Lanka some way because there's some very isolated crisis. But when we have systemic, global crises, it becomes very difficult to have instruments through which to manage them. It has also been the case that a lot of developing and emerging market economies have gone to the capital markets without the right kinds of instruments, a secondary market, for example. One of the reasons why the corporate sector and uh, uh, even the, the sovereign sector in the United States is doing well is they have repo markets. There's a secondary market for the bond issuances. And so people are willing to buy more paper because there is a way of getting liquidity and coming back in. In the emerging markets, you don't have that. And I have, uh, with a team, uh, founded and created what we're calling the Liquidity and Sustainability Facility to allow for repo markets in emerging, uh, the existence of repo markets for emerging market economies. What does that do? It means that the people that can issue us debt price that debt at much higher cost. And so essentially, when the cost is high, and 2024 is going to be an important year, we have over $80 billion in debt service payments coming due in emerging market economies. Many of these economies are economies that are projected to grow and grow well, but they have this bullet payment in 2024 that they may not be able to meet until something else is done, which is to say there's a group of countries that are projected to grow at 5 6%, so they are going to grow, but they just don't have the $6 billion today to pay that bullet. What do we do with them? Do we send them into default and into a three-year G20 common framework that will not work? Or do we help them over this hump with providing immediate liquidity, which is needed to keep going? And I think we need to look at that and see how we can pass that conversation so that not everybody exactly, as you said, gets into this bucket of, oh, you're going into default. At the end of the day, the only way we bring debt down is we grow. There is a group of countries that's actually growing because of the climate uh, transition, there's a lot more investment going into the energy sector. There's a lot more investment going into green ecotourism. There's a lot more investment going into EV vehicles and batteries. A lot of that is coming from the emerging markets, Africa, India, but we're all growing because of that. The IRA, huge boost to that sort of research and innovation that will deliver that growth. And so I think we are seeing that there is interest actually from bondholders to come and get the paper, but what they're facing also is constraints on limits to exposure. A secondary market allows for that to happen. And one of the things that the DSSI-1, the Debt Service Suspension Initiative did, is for a country like Cote d'Ivoire, we're not talking about Cote d'Ivoire, they're doing well. But that's because the 
debt service suspension initiative acted like a fake repo market. We gave them liquidity. They went to the markets, they restructured their debt. They came back, they did better, and they're going very well and they're doing very well. And I think there's a number of countries we are seeing the Kenya case now, right? Is Kenya going to do a swap? Is Kenya going to go to the, the common framework? Is Kenya, they have a 3 billion bullet payment. They, ha- they are projected to grow at 6%, but they may not be able to make this 3 billion bullet payment. If they don't make it, they don't grow at 6%, they start falling backwards. And I think there is a very important cost to not helping those countries that just need to get through 2024 and continue growing. But we cannot do it in a sort of, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to pick Kenya because I like Kenya today. Today, the global community is putting about $12 billion behind Kenya. Why not behind Sri Lanka? Why not behind Ivory Coast? Why not behind Cote d'Ivoire or Senegal? I think we need to have a standard format. And that's why we're proposing a debt service suspension initiative too, through the institutional framework, through the markets framework and sort of the monetary policy side. I think repo markets, swap markets for emerging uh, economies needs to become something that becomes the norm. It's very difficult to survive an environment where, you know, there is four, five, six, seven crises hitting you at the same time. And a quick look at the markets. The markets are going to be powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Food and Agriculture Food Price Index fell for a sixth consecutive month to 118 index points in January of 2024, a fresh low since February of 2021. Prices of cereals were down 2.2% to December 2020 lows as global wheat export prices declined amid strong competition among exporters and arrival of recently harvested supplies in the Southern Hemisphere countries. Also, meat prices fell 1.4% amid persistent subdued global demand and ample exportable availabilities. Meanwhile, vegetable oil prices were little changed as higher global palm and sunflower seed oil prices offset lower soy and rapeseed oil quotations. Dairy cost was also stable as cost for butter and whole milk powder increased, nearly offsetting declines in skim milk powder and cheese. On the other hand, sugar prices edged up 0.8% amid concern over the likely impact of below average rains in Brazil on sugarcane crops to be harvested from April and the slow start of the new season and unfavorable production prospects in Thailand and India. Kenya has approved the commencement of the secondary bond trading outside the Nairobi Securities Exchange in a bid to enhance competitiveness in the country's capital markets. The -the over-the-counter trading will be facilitated by the East African Bond Exchange, a public firm supported by the Kenya Bankers Association, a lobby for the banking industry. An OTC market facilitates direct trader interactions without the need for formal securities exchange. This move follows closely on the heels of the International Monetary Fund staff report, which after the sixth review of Kenya's 4.43 billion US dollars program revealed that the government's commitment to establishing an OTC automated exchange to complement the Nairobi Stock Exchange security operations. And a quick trip around Africa, the upstream industry hopes 2024 can be a bounce back year for high-impact oil and gas drilling after a lackluster 2023, with Africa and Latin America likely to spearhead activities. Rystead Energy has identified 36 potential high-impact wells to be drilled or spud in 2024, the highest annual total since tracking of the market started in 2015. This would be a sizable jump from over 27 high-impact wells drilled last year, and operators will hope for a better success rate. Of the 36 potential significant wells, 39 in Africa and 10 in Latin America, accounting for almost 64% of the global total. Only 8 of the 27 high-impact wells drilled in 2023 resulted 
in commercially movable volumes, a success rate of less than 30%, well below the annual average of 42%. These wells discovered volumes of 1 billion barrels of oil equivalent, a sharp decline from 3.5 billion oil equivalent found in 2022. These high-impact wells accounted for 20% of the 5 billion barrels of oil equivalent discovered by oil exploration activities globally last year. Now around 70% of African wells will be drilled in frontier and emerging basins or will open new plays. Important frontier wells include in the Red Sea offshore Egypt, in the Angoche Basin offshore Mozambique, and in the Namibe Basin offshore Angola. The Central Bank of Egypt raised its key overnight deposit rate by 200 basis points to a 32-year high of 21.25% and its lending rate to 22.25% in its January meeting. The decision came as an annual headline and core inflation decelerated to 33.7% and 34.2% in December of 2023 respectively, but recent developments indicate higher than expected monthly dynamics and sustained inflationary pressures. The committee will continue to assess risks surrounding the inflation outlook and use available tools to maintain a tight policy stance. The path of future policy rates will depend on forecasted inflation with the aim of achieving the price stability of the medium term. Meanwhile, the Egyptian pound continued to devalue while the revival of the accord depended on discussions about how much and how fast Egypt might devalue its currency. The rate hike shows Egypt's intention to comply with the IMF in order to facilitate an argument. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website, that's thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me at With Adon.